Welcome to the All In for Citrus podcast, the latest on citrus research from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network. Welcome to the All In for Citrus podcast. I'm your host, Frank Giles, and today we're joined by Michael Rogers, the director of the Citrus Research and Education Center in Lake Alford. Welcome, Michael. Uh, thanks, Frank. Well, we're in the middle of summertime now, uh, and we've got the Citrus and Specialty Crop Expo coming up here in August, August 16th and 17th at the State Fairgrounds in Tampa. Had a little change of venue this year with the Lee Civic Center uh, closed or temporarily te- temporarily closed. So we'll we'll be ha- in some new locations this year, but it's a good spot, and we're excited to keep that show vibrant and going. Yeah, th- thanks, Frank. And um, yeah, we're excited about the expo uh, coming up this year, and we've got a, a good program lined up uh, for expo from the for the IFAS educational session. And I'll be actually uh, kicking off um, the uh, first afternoon session. And um, there's been in the presentation what I'll be talking about. There's there's been a lot of interest in the industry um, about what future tools we're going to have available for them. Um, I know a lot of them right now are putting a lot of hopes on whether it's you know OTC injections or or some of the fertilization and other other programs they're using, um, but those those aren't going to get us down the road for for too terribly long. And so people are looking at you know later on down the road what tools are we going to have and a lot of interest in um, developing new varieties using these biotech approaches, things like uh, the CRISPR gene editing technology and. And surprisingly, also uh, a lot of interest now on um, some of the transgenic work that we've had going for quite a long time, uh, developing what would be considered conventional GMOs uh, for resistance to HLB. So, you know, I'll be talking a little bit about that. And and I, I would start off by, you know, saying that, you know, we, we've had a lot of, of research over the past decade in this area. And probably, you know, 10 years ago or so, um, I told people when we were first getting into all the CRISPR research, you know, we really got excited and thought that, you know, we're, hey, we're going to have a solution pretty quick to HLB just in the next few years from this CRISPR research. And we really thought that was going to be the case. And I know I said that multiple times, probably a decade ago. Uh, but here we are, you know, as, as, the, as the science goes, um, you know, the story was a lot more complicated than what we thought. Um, we've had a lot of researchers in IFAS working on um, understanding how the HLB causing bacterium, how, how it causes disease in the plant, you know, what genes it affects, what pathways get turned on, turned off, all that kind of stuff that results in, in decline of the trees and loss of our fruit yield. And so, you know, we've had researchers, I know our, our growers know who most of these people are, people like Dr. Nian Wong at the CREC, um, Zhenao Dang at the Gulf Coast Research and Education Center, uh, Fred Gumitter at CREC, um, Zonglin Mo, uh, who's a member of the Microbiology and Cell Science Department in Gainesville, and, and also Manjil Dutt here at the CREC. You know, they've, they've all been the leaders really doing a lot of this kind of research, understanding, you know, what's happening in the plant and, and what can we do to develop new lines that are going to be either tolerant or resistant to HLB. So they've, they've spent many years now, you know, under, identifying the different genes and pathways, um, we, that, which has led us to understand why it's been so difficult to develop resistant plants to HLB. But, you know, as we've done at the same time, we've also had researchers um, uh, looking at the CRISPR technology to make some of those edits and tran- edits in the plant material. And so um, 
with all that combined research over the past decade, we've got a lot of new plants that have come out um, recently, um, at least out of the labs, and are ready to move to the field. Um, some of them have already been in the field for a little bit. Um, uh, one a good example is uh, Dr. Zonglin Mo from the uh, Microbiology and Cell Science Department in Gainesville. Um, he has uh, some plants that uh, have been developed um, that are technically considered transgenic or GMO, but have shown really strong um, tolerance, if not resistance, to HLB in the field for a number of years now. Um, now, while they're still considered transgenic, um, we're excited about, you know, the possibility of moving this forward because the industry has told us, hey, you know, this may be the solution we need. And if it's if it's going to get to us quicker, we want you to move it faster. And so, um, again, we're working with those lines that initially were supposed to be kind of more of a proof of concept. You know, we were doing the transgenic approach because it was easy. But, hey, if it's working, we're, we're willing to move that forward and see if we can't get those deregulated and in the hands of growers. And so um, Dr. Eric Triplett and Dr. Moe, both in Gainesville, um, are working right now on that particular line that's shown a lot of promise to try to get it through the deregulation process with the EPA. And so, you know, we'll see where that stands um, and where we what kind of progress we'll be able to make with that. But in addition to that, um, we have a, the other researchers I mentioned um, just a minute ago. There's a lot of other lines, new lines of citrus that have been developed. A lot of them are considered transgenic or GMO, but they do uh, hold promise. A lot of them have shown resistance to citrus canker. And um, we think they also might also show some resistance to uh, or tolerance, at least to HLB as well. So, um, you know, the, the whole point is we don't want to lose time. If, if a GMO turns out to be the answer, we're going to advance that and try to get it to the point that, you know, if it's regulated to be ready to be deregulated, we'll do it if it's warranted. So um, that's part of the stuff that's going on right now. Um, but in addition to some of the, the transgenic work that's going on, we have had a lot of progress made in developing new varieties that are considered non-transgenic, non-GMO, using the, the CRISPR technique. And, and Dr. Nian Wong is the one who's been able to do that successfully, develop these non-transgenic plants. And uh, the first ones he did were um, resistant to citrus canker disease. And those are, are now being put into the field trials as we speak uh, to test those, not only against canker in the field, but also against uh, HLB as well. Um, in addition to the ones for canker, he has a number of other lines that are also being moved to the field that we, you know, that, that are targeting other genes or other pathways they've learned about in the past decade to see if we can um, use those uh, or if we'll be successful with those against HLB. What's interesting to me with the whole CRISPR approach and technology is it seems like you can be much more targeted in your approach of developing these varieties. Is, is that true? Yeah, it allows you to target specific genes and, and probably more importantly for our industry, you know, being able to get plants through without being considered GMO, you're not adding anything back to the plant. So uh, a lot of the transgenic lines we've, we've got, you know, they've used things like agrobacterium. They've used that to move things into the plant. Um, and that's what makes it uh, considered what people say a transgenic or a GMO where you've added something to it. And again, CRISPR, you're not adding anything necessarily to the plant. You're, you're just taking stuff or turning on things off that are causing the problem. So um, whether it's transgenic or um, non-transgenic with CRISPR, um, you know, IFAS, we, we're committed to moving um, everything, all these, these new avenues of, of research forward, these new biotech approaches. 
And so, you know, with the transgenic approaches in mind, um, there's a lot of regulations about when it goes to the field and where it can go for testing. So we've just this year established a new field site uh, that is just for testing some additional transgenic materials um, because the sites we've had in the past are, are pretty much filled up. I mean, they've been used and there's not a lot of space to test more stuff. And so we don't want resources to be limiting on anything that we do. So we've gone through that process of, of getting a regula regulated field site with APHIS. And so that's now approved and we're ready to start planting those transgenics in the field. But in addition for just our gene editing uh, program in general, um, you know, I've worked with the vice president's office and we've, we've committed to um, putting more resources from IPAS into our facilities that allow us to do more of this work. Um, it doesn't mean we're going to be able to make things get, happen a lot, lot quicker, but we're going to have the, we're going to expand our facility so we can do more material at one time. So we'll be able to take more shots on goals. So we're talking about more lab spaces, greenhouses, screenhouses, things like that um, to allow us to handle more plant material at, at a, at a given time. So again, we have, you know, more opportunities uh, to find that one, that one line that that's all we need is one line to get out there in the field. That's going to show some promise and help the industry for the future. So we're, we're setting up all those facilities right now. And we're also going through the process, trying to uh, secure additional funding for that, at least for the um, staffing and some of the equipment, you know, IFAS is investing in a lot of the facilities and it's not cheap to build all this and or to set all this up. But hopefully uh, we'll have it all financed and in place and things moving along uh, very, very soon. And so, you know, I'll be talking about all this and a little bit more during my presentation, a little more details. We'll get into things about, you know, realistic timelines for moving some of these plants, you know, from field trials into the hands of growers. If, if we find something that, that works and we're successful. And uh, I think that's important because we, we do want to set realistic expectations for growers. And so, um, uh, because again, we don't have a lot of time. And so we're trying to just get things moving forward as fastly as possible. But with that in mind, you know, after my presentation, we begin uh, the grow or the research panel. Um, and that's where we're gonna be talking about um, the latest research, what growers can do right now with the research we've accomplished to be able to continue to keep their groves productive um, and, and moving forward while we wait for these new biotech approaches uh, to be delivered. So again, those are things we'll be talking about things like, you know, nutrition and OTC and all those kind of things. So um, everybody will want to be there and, and uh, it's a great lineup for that day. And again, the second day of, of Expo also, we've got a lot of our uh, talks that are going to be happening on uh, plant breeding, new varieties and things like that as well, including a presentation on, on the CRISPR progress that goes into even more depth than what I can give. Well, it sounds great. It sounds like it's a good mix of the short-term, near-term, and longer-term uh, work that you guys are doing uh, to seek solutions to HLB. So um, it'll be a great event, and we appreciate all your help in putting that program together um, and looking forward to the Citrus and Specialty Crop Expo coming up here in August. Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing everybody in Tampa. Great. Well, good to having you, and we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you. Now I'm joined by Tripti Vashith. She is based at the Citrus Research and Education Center in Lake Alford. And Tripti, you've been really involved with the Citrus Educational Program of the upcoming Citrus and Specialty Crop Expo in August. So we wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about the program for citrus and citrus growers in particular. 
Uh, I understand there's a little bit different approach this year, so maybe let's start there and just talk about some of the things that you have planned. Sure. So, yes, this year we have planned something new that we have not done before, which is a researcher panel. The idea is that with this panel, we will have our few of our researchers and they'll be talking about some of the very applied research basically things that the growers should be doing right now. As we are waiting for the new resistant or tolerant varieties to become available, but there are things that the growers can do right now. So that would be the focus of this panel. We will have Dr. Elbrecht talking about trunk injections, Dr. Stelinski talking about silid management, uh, Dr. Kadeb Bekeni, irrigation and nutrition so all and then dr Alfred as well talking about ipcs which is really important for the new so the topic or the researchers involved in this panel are the ones that have things to offer right now to the growers and the growers should be thinking about them as they are just making their plans for this ongoing year and the new year um with this panel, Dr. Rogers would be uh, facilitating the conversation, so he um, he's going to be there as well. And uh, this will be open to all the growers who want to ask any questions to this panel. And even a question that is just not about trunk injection, but let's say it's trunk injection and ACP management together. So that's what I think would be something new that growers can look forward to that they will have this group of researchers, experts together at one place where they can just have an open dialogue about intense uh, integrated growth management rather than one topic alone. So uh, that's something I think will be new. And um, this is not a regular scientific presentation, right? So, so that's what I really think would be nice and we would love to see how it goes and how the conversation are. So for the growers, I would say, please bring your questions. We are there to answer any questions that you have to best of our capabilities. That's great. Well, I, I think that's a great idea because it kind of gets you guys, the researchers from behind the podium a little bit, so to speak, to kind of interact and, and interact with the growers. So I think that's a great approach. And, and you go to that short term, what we can do now. Uh, we had Michael Rogers on earlier. And he, he was talking about some of the things he'll be speaking on, which is some of the little bit more long-term stuff. So that's good to blend those two together. And speaking of growers, you also will have a grower panel on the second day, I understand? Yes, we do. So we do have a grower panel. And the idea again there is that we, it would be good for our growers to hear from their community things, what other growers are doing, and that is keeping them afloat or helping them in making good decisions for growth management. So again, what growers are doing right now, whether it's OTC injection, how are they taking care of their growths after the injections, or even if somebody chose not to do it, why they did not. So, you know, it will be again, very practical conversation from the growers to the growers to just learn what other people are doing and how are, what they're seeing right now, because we have, for example, again, we have injected the groves with OTC for about four months now. Some people are seeing some responses and it would be good to know what your fellows are seeing. So this would be very uh, hands-on panel again. 
and uh, we will have four growers and they will be talking about what they're doing right now. That's great. I think hopefully these trees are resetting a little bit after the hurricanes last year and in these new therapies beginning to, to take hold a little bit. So this approach, I think, really will be engaging for growers to to as these trees reset, you know, learn about ways that they can help that process move forward. So I think this seminar for the citrus growers is going to be really, really good, and they should uh, try to get there uh, and attend for sure. Yes, I think so. That's something that I feel is that we will start the educational program with the researchers panel, and we are going to end it with the grower panel. And it would be really interesting to see how much of the messaging, which I believe should be very similar because I know our growers have been listening to us. So it would be just good to see from what we think from a research point of view and what exactly happens. And then also we learn more things from there. So to go forward, what all is needed to be answered, because a lot of time from these grower panels, we hear things that growers think are happening or they're trying to answer on themselves and then we can help with that. So these panels are good, but in addition to the panels, I would say we still have few educational seminars um, scheduled for Monday morning, which would be a regular pattern, 20 minute long seminars. And we will be talking uh, um, about um, AI is one of the hot topics recently, you must have heard AI. So we'll be talking about AI use in orchard management but then we'll also talk about some of the disease management and some of the new varieties that are available from USDA and UF that the growers should be looking out for. Great. Great. And I think you, you just to clarify, I think you said Monday morning, that'll be Thursday morning, the 17th, August 17th. So I apologize. Yes, it's <laughs> Thursday morning. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Well, that all sounds great. Um, anything else that you'd like to add? Uh, no, I'll just, again, I'll just say if to our growers, please bring your questions. It would be good to have an open dialogue with the growers and the panelists to just have more uh, robust discussion. Fantastic. Yeah, I think that's going to be a great program, and we look forward to seeing citrus growers there. Thanks for joining us, Trippy. Thank you. We're now joined by Jamie Burrow. She is based at the Citrus Research and Education Center in Lake Alford. Jamie, I know you're really involved with the uh, uh, CREC booth that will be at the Citrus and Specialty Crop Expo in August. And so we just wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about some of the highlights from the booth. I know it's uh, you have a lot to offer there and it, it covers a pretty good footprint on the trade show, show floor. So I know it's always a kind of a, a place that people like to go and visit. So to start us off, just tell us a little bit about a few of the things that uh, growers and attendees can uh, see and learn at the Citrus Research and Education Center booth. So we're really excited to be back at the expo this year. And one of the things that we did when we were planning our booth was, you know, what can we give or show to the growers? And one of the things we came up with is that there's so many tools that are now available. And so let's bring them all to one place. And so that's what we've done. We're going to have demonstrations on the IPC. So how to select an IPC. We're going to have demos on um, showing the importance of the frequency of irrigation. We're also going to have some trunk injection information there. So a lot of hands-on demonstrations will be at the booth. Excellent. And all of that that you just mentioned are things that 
growers are doing now and can learn to do even better uh, if, if they're not already uh, doing these things. So that's that's great. And I know there, there are some interactive elements there and the yeah. demos are that. Uh, just talk a little bit about uh, some of those, uh, maybe in a little bit more detail. So we also are going to be demonstrating the new Canopy Assist program. So you can come and try out with your phone on how to properly take the pictures. You will actually get to see the program that we're going to use. So it'll be a little in-depth demo there on the new Canopy Assist program. And for the IPCs, you know, we'll have some different ones there so you can test them out. So it'll help you select your IPC in the future. And then that importance of irrigation, there'll be a demonstration there as well on it. Great. I know we've talked on the podcast about the the new Canopy Assist uh, program, so that'll be great to be able to kind of show show growers a little bit more how to use it. Because as these new therapies are are being deployed in the groves, that sounds like it's going to be a good tool yes. to kind of see what kind of progress is happening in their groves. I know uh, there's quite a bit of giveaways. You know, they call it swag in the in the uh, trade show world. So talk a little bit about some of the things people can come pick up at the booth. So we'll have our swag that everyone looks forward to every year, our pens and pencils, but we also have our handouts and we have some new ones this year. We're also gonna have the newest production guide and we also are gonna have an updated version of the research booklet summaries that we've been having the last few years. So this year we have 75 research summaries. And so we're excited to have all these new info available for the growers to pick up at the booth. Great, I always make sure and swing by there myself and pick up that because they're very helpful to me as well. So it sounds like a great a great a booth again this year. I, I, you did want to mention that on the trade show floor itself, you're moving. So just tell us a little more about that. Yes, we are excited about our new location. So you, when you go to get your meals, um, look for us. We're going to be in one of the areas where the meals and the eating tables are located. So as you get your meal, make sure to stop by and visit us and talk. We'd love to talk with you and see how you're doing. That's great. So it's going to be a great get together. Uh, in August in Tampa at the State Fairgrounds on August 16th and 17th. We've got some great registration already, really good numbers of growers and attendees registering. Uh, mm -hmm. and I encourage everyone uh, who has not registered to please do so, and they can do that at citrusexpo.net. And uh, we look forward to, to seeing you and seeing growers and everyone else in the industry uh, coming up here in August. Jamie, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Nice to be here. Thanks for listening to this month's All In for Citrus podcast from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network.